Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Praise God and welcome to today's edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris, a free online ministry brought to you by none other than the Holy Trinity. I'm Chuck Christie and today we are asking you to spend a few moments of your time with us each week as Derek shares wisdom and truth from God's Word, essential messages from God's own heart directly to you. Now, if you miss a portion of today's broadcast or would like to recommend it to a friend, you can hear this program anytime on Derek's host page on talknetworkradio.com. Well, now here's Derek with today's message. Welcome back to MTOV, my brethren. It is so good to be in the presence of the Lord and to share this hour with you. I pray that your day has been very, very prosperous in the Lord. And you know, we are going back into the Word of God today, addressing spiritual identity. And oh my God, the Father has some great things lined up for us to consider and to take to heart his truth. And I am so excited and happy. Yes, I am. Right now, I'm very happy. I know that there's joy in the spirit and in my soul, it, it spews over to complete happiness. Yes, I am very happy today. And so let's talk about spiritual gifts and the scripture the base reading would be out of the book Galatians chapter 5 and before we go into Galatians let's go before our heavenly father as we always do reverencing him for who he is his greatness his awesomeness thanking him for his love and his mercies thanking him for Jesus and the Holy Spirit thanking him for the gift of salvation we thank him so much. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we yet come, giving you all the praise, glory, and honor that you so rightfully deserve, asking you to first wash us and cleanse us in the blood of Jesus. As we come before you, we ask that we be made pure, clean, and holy in your sight. Refill us with your Holy Spirit. Recharge us. Bless now with a fresh anointing. We pray that Every heart and mind will be open now and receptive to receive your word. We pray that the words 
in which you've given me and us through and by your Holy Spirit to be accepted, Lord, in your sight. We pray, Lord God, for your divine enlightenment and pray that you will move mightily to loose, set free, and deliver we, your people. Take us to a higher level in you, Lord, as we humble ourselves even more in your presence. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. So, let us, brethren, go into the book of Galatians chapter 5. We are going to read verses 19 through 25. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, mulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are in Christ, and they that are Christ, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Father, we thank you for your word. And in meditation, the Father gave me a clear understanding that the spiritual gifts of the Spirit are actually weapons for our warfare against Satan. That blew me away. And I'm just, I just had to share it with you. Because the fruit of the Spirit exemplifies the true strength and characteristics of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are sacrificial offerings of holiness and righteousness before the Almighty God. This is why Jesus was able to walk the earth in the capacity that he did because he walked in the full assurance and knowing of his spiritual identity. And I am so glad that he laid a blueprint before us and left it here in the earth as inspired by the Holy Spirit that we may gain the knowledge and understanding of the lessons and the teachings and the word of God. Jesus said, these things that I do, you shall do them also and even greater. So the works of the spirit and the attributes of Christ are very much alive today for those that have consecrated themselves unto the Lord. And I thank the heavenly father, our heavenly father for that. So, in meditation, the first fruit is love, and that is all-powerful. And we talked about the other day, and for years the Lord has been telling us in his word, the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
Number three was peace, which means unwavering. And today we are going to talk about this peace. Long suffering represents perseverance and gentleness is being sensitive to the spirit of God in order to receive the instructions from God. Goodness is equivalent to experiences and the witnesses of God's power. Faith means that you're fearless and victorious more than conquerors. The meekness symbolic of humility. And the beautiful part about humility is not a form of weakness, but it is strength also. It is the death of sin's control. When we are humble in the eye of God, the strength and power of the sinful flesh, the sins of the soul are weakened and can even die if we yield to the spirit of meekness. And in temperance, well, it is our witness before the masses. It's a declaration of truth, and it is the seal that we are heirs of God and we are walking in the seal of God. Now let's go, and we're going to talk about peace today and the origin of peace. Jehovah Shalom. That is a petition that we are able to receive the peace of God. When he send it, we shall receive it with a whole heart. But we must embrace the completeness of God. We must embrace whatever it is that we are seeking and standing in need of and deliverance at that time. And peace means whole, finished, fulfilled, perfect, is perfected. The Lord, my peace, Jehovah Shalom. And from Christ, Jehovah Shalom, comes all of these things that God has laid out before us. And I was meditating and asking the Lord, let's go to the book of Judges chapter 6, and you'll find a passage that deals with Gideon. The Lord called him Gideon, but his name is Jeroboam. And Jeroboam, as you see in the passage, he was a contender against Baal. Baal was a false god at the Midianites' worship, and there was a law in the land that Israelites were under the bondage of the Midians at the time. And you could not come against that because you were sure to die. But here goes God, as he always does. Take the least among you and raise you up. For his glory, to build and to exemplify his name and reestablish his order in the earth because you know that anything that comes of greatness can only come from God because you have a lack of resources. You have been seen as the least of all in this earth and within society. And that is what the Father really loves, that his name will be glorified. And the beautiful part of this is, you know the story, go back and read it, that God took only a few hundred men to fulfill his overall vision when the army of the Midianites were more than four times greater than those that are for Israel. But even in that capacity, 
as you see in the word, that it was all done by the leading and following the instructions of the Almighty God, and Israel was redeemed, set free. So let's go. I am going to turn to the book of Judges. We are going in chapter 6, and I'm going to skip down. This is a beautiful passage. And just make some highlights, some quick highlights. So I have to encourage you, everyone, yet again, go back and read and study and meditate upon the word. Verse 24 says, Then getting and built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Abirites. And it came to pass in the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the seventh, the second bullock of the seven-year-old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. So we're talking about peace, the peace of God. Mind you, the law of the land is that if anyone worship and serve any god other than Baal, will surely be put to death. And here we go seeing Gideon following the instructions of the Lord. And the beautiful part that I like about this passage is God knows exactly where we're at. Gideon was like, okay, I know this is of the Lord. I believe within my heart. But God, can you just send me a few signs for reassurance? And don't miss it. Just like us as human, as believers, of God, yes, we declare righteousness. Yes, we declare that we are of the Lord. Yes, we profess it before everyone. But when the rubber hit the road and God said, go and do, wait a minute, Lord, I hear you. But can you just send me a sign, Lord? Can you reassure me that this is you and not of myself? Respectful. I often pray that myself. So, what did the father do? He honored that request made by Gideon, which was Gideon took a fleece one night, placed it out. The land was dry, but the fleece was filled with water. In fact, the scripture says that he squeezed the water into a bowl and it was full. Glory to God. Into a bowl and it was full. And then he said, this is wonderful and this is great, but can we do something else just for reassurance the next day? The next day, all the ground was wet, but the fleece was dry. So this is the power of the almighty God that he will demonstrate himself if we seek his face, if we seek his guidance and embrace what he's telling us to do. This is what Gideon did. And right away, Gideon went and tore down the bell, the little trees, the, uh, the tree that the statue was on was cut down in the dark. Yeah, he cut it down in the dark as we saw it in the scripture because he had a little flash in the way, a little fear. And I'm like, Lord, he was fearful. But then, you know, everything God can make good. See, cutting that statue down means that sometimes we have to go into the secret place of the Most High that we have to enter into our private and quiet place with the Lord in intercessory prayer. A lot of things are done not in the eyes of man, but 
before the presence of the Holy and Almighty God. And the veil was cut down and removed. And of course, everyone was angry and upset and wanted to kill Gideon. Now, and the Lord done promised him that he wouldn't die. But here's the wisdom of God. If Baal is God, let him kill Gideon himself. Your God shouldn't need the hands of you, you feeble man, to exercise his judgment and his indignation and wrath until one that would dare to defy his very presence. That's powerful. And because that God worded the mouth of Gideon's father, Gideon's life was spared because the Almighty God instructed him to cut down the statue, to cut down the pagan god Baal, that his name would be restored in the earth. And Gideon was faithful and did it. Derek will be right back in a moment to wrap up. But if you've just joined us, you've been listening to Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris. You can hear this message in its entirety again online, as well as Derek's entire archive on his host page at talknetworkradio.com. This show has been brought to you by Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory, a subsidiary of Creative Empowerment of Hampton Roads, LLC, out of the beautiful state of Virginia. To contact us, or if you'd like to receive the complete notes and references for today's message, please write us at mtovonline at gmail.com. That's m-t-o-v-o-n-l-i-n-e at gmail.com. mtovonline at gmail.com. Unless otherwise expressed, scriptures are read from the Holman King James Study Bible, which is published by Holman Bible Publishers in Nashville, Tennessee. Again, here is Derek to wrap up today's message. So when you have the peace of God, it makes you unwavering in your faith. It makes you unwavering where you would do absolutely whatever God had called you to do. And that's exactly what took for. Now, we talked about Gideon before in passages and study, but just to reiterate, what does Gideon really and truly means? It means that he was one who cut down with an axe. His name, Gideon, means to cut down. It means axe. It exemplifies an act of judgment. His name means that woodworker, wood gatherer, or stones. And we know that when it comes to the salvation of the Lord and dealing with the souls of the Lord that wood and stones is symbolic of the human soul. And so what has been said here is Gideon, because of his faith and because he adhered to the word and guidance and direction of the Lord, he performed the acts of obedience. He judged it because he knew that Baal was contrary to the word of God and he cut it down. He cut it down so that it could make a statement and have an impact on those that witnessed the fall of Baal. That's what the word of God does for us. We, when we embrace the word of God, 
we cut down the ways of the world, the sins, the law of sin and evil and death. We, it removes all those things. And I'm just so grateful that Gideon actually adhered to the will of God. And yes, he is my hero. He's one of my heroes that is exemplified in the Bible because he was a small guy in stature and status. But God raised him to be a mighty warrior and the last judge. And that is extremely powerful to the glory of God. And you can see as you continue to read that the Midianites, you know, they had kings, Zeba and Zalmunna. And because they were holding the children of God in captivity, you know, it says for seven years, that was the fullness of God's time that he had dealt with the hearts of Israel. And it was time for them to move forward to learn from their lessons and be retried again. Could somebody say, thank God for Jesus? Because even in old days, God had a season in which, yes, tests and trials came. Punishments became, the punishments became because of rebellion and defiance and stiff-neckedness and sin. Because the Israelites will often shun away from the holy and living God and pick up idols take on new cultures and customs and pagan gods and walk away from the true and living God. Therefore, it brought them into bondage. But after the bondage was so hard, God, even in all of that, still had his eyes and ear up on the voice of the children of Israel. And he used those harsh circumstances to get their attention and to bring them back unto him. Makes us wonder, like, why are we going through things in life and why certain things happen? Is it because God is trying to get our attention? The peace of God grants us with the divine ability to subdue the land, to reconcile to God through Christ. That was shown. And go back in the book of Judges, chapter 8, verses 4 through 21 for more enlightenment. In Psalms chapter 83, verse 11. But there's some alerts that we want to talk about here today. And we're still dealing with the peace of God. See, in the middle of Gideon's instructions, and he questioned God, wanted to make sure we do the same things as was, as was said a few minutes ago. I know I have. And that's when we battle between with the carnal mind and the spiritual mind. And God shows us our weakness for us that we must rely on him and his strength. It is a reminder. He brings us into this awareness. And this is the example that Gideon showed. Again, that was in Judges chapter 13, verses 18 through 25. We want to go there. And then you will see another great example when it talks about the peace of God that's in the Bible. Over in Judges 13, verses 18 through 25, again, Manoah's request. And I'm not going to read everything here, but just highlight it. But Manoah was the father of the Samson, everyone knows Samson, the strongest man, 
Samson is recorded as the last judge in which he performed great acts. He was charged and instructed by his mother who was barren. And this is a thing the Lord would like for us to know today also. So even in the midst of misunderstandings and times that will come, that he will always have us to be consistent and diligent and faithful in embracing his word, that regardless of how long it go or what man may say, in this case, Manoah's wife was barren. And during that time, that was kind of a disgraceful thing. And like, you were cursed of God that your womb was barren. You couldn't produce offsprings. You couldn't grow the, the will of God in this earth. The Bible told us to be fruitful and multiply. And if you couldn't do that, you were seen as cursed. You were seen as not in the favor of God. But God spoke to Manoah's wife and told her that she will conceive and guess what? She embraced that. And you will see that. So when it comes to peace, real quick, getting and found peace in the will of God, in the word of God, in the instructions of God, through the signs and wonders that God demonstrated unto him. Here we are over some time. Manoah, his name means peace. Isn't this amazing? Only God can do this. Only God can put these things together. So the father of Samson's name means peace. And in the midst of their Manoah and his wife, that was as you will see that Manoah questioned God, but the barren woman embraced and spoke and said, no, God is not going to kill us. Why would he kill us if he tells us all of these things to do? It, it would contradict who he really was. So you will find that Manoah means rest and peace. And he is the father of Samson. Now, there are some other points to consider that we must hold on to these promises. That was shown when his Samson mother was barren for so long. And then there was some instruction where the angels of the Lord told them that to be cautious and not to drink strong drink and uh, eat unclean foods. That's abstain from the worldly wisdom, the godly, ungodly counsel of man, your intellectual properties and those things of that nature. Anything that would take, put too much soul in play and remove your ability to focus and structure and center on God. He says, don't drink of that. Don't eat of that. And he wants us to seek for proper guidance to carry out the instructions that's given us to the T. Just as Gideon was given instructions to carry out, he performed them and God moved. Manoah and his wife were given instructions to the T, they performed them, and God moved. And from the womb, Samson made an impact at birth until his very last moment. So it's very important for us to keep these things in consideration, that we ought to receive the divine and enlightenment and approval from God. 
And when we do that, just as the Israelites were saved from the Philistines by the hands of Samson, so shall we be. This is why we are to embrace the fruit of the Spirit known as peace. For God is with you. He's giving us the peace of God. He's given us the strength, that ability to stand firm on the word of God. So my final thoughts for today is Samson was a Nazarite, of course. And in order to be victorious, just as Gideon was, because if you look, Gideon was performing some tasks with wheat threshing and the the wine press, all of those good things, they were symbolic of seeking God, working God's plan, receiving the word of life from God. They lived consecrated lives adhering to the will and commandments of God. The name Samson's means son, meaning that you're always forever in the presence of the knowledge and the light of God. And by doing so in our time dispensation, we are able to enter into more of the likeness and enlightenment in which God is able to give us. So in order to walk in the peace of God, we must exercise our faith and belief and consecrate ourselves to God. Whether we are contending with circumstances, we must hold fast on God's ability to abide in his peace. We must overcome fear and influences of society. We must stand on God's promises in your life and fulfill your commission. Walk in peace, for it is God for you who can be against us. This is what the Lord will have for us to reflect on today. The peace of God. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your peace. We thank you for your word. We thank you that as we continue to consecrate ourselves to you, Father, and embrace your word and truth and be obedient to your every command and instruction, that you will reveal unto us also divine enlightenment, miraculous movements, inspiration that only come from you, that reassurance, God, where we, our heart, spirit, soul, body, and mind will line up with your divine truth and your will. Father, we thank you for the fruit of the spirit of peace that we can say wholeheartedly, Glory to your holy name. We thank you, Jehovah Shalom, God, our peace, for strengthening us this day with your word. And Father, I just pray that you would continue to keep my brethren safe. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Now the peace of God may it rest, rule, and abide with all of us today, tomorrow, and forever. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And we receive your peace, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. My brethren, until next time, walk in the peace of God and remain blessed. Bye for now. Thank you, Derek. Join us next time when we continue with the next edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris. 
For Derek and the entire team, this is Chuck Christie saying thanks for listening to this edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory. Have a blessed and prosperous day.